Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. With the help of a nine-game losing streak along the way, the Magic enter this trade deadline week with the fourth worst record in the NBA. Operation Three-Month Tank is going as planned so far. Many teams around the league want their hands on certain Magic players. Most of the rumored deals sound like BS, and and they are, but it does uh, appear like Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier are on their way out the door. Weltham should be making moves by Thursday afternoon. They'll, in, in their typical fashion, they might go to the final minute or, and even beyond that, uh, depending on how the trade process is. But there's no denying that something's going to happen. Some things are going to happen by Thursday. So we're going to share what the magic should do, rumors that are out there, and who ought to be shipped out of town. And hey, at least Vucevic is a two-time All-Star. Let's go. Penny. So uh, before we get into the actual trade rumor stuff, it's it's been a while since we did a pod. So I just want to get some of this stuff out of the way. So we had the All-Star break a couple weeks ago. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is a two-time All-Star now. So, you know, it's the second time in three years he's been voted in by the coaches. So fuck off national media if you didn't pick Vuce to be in, in the All-Star game. He can't be compared any longer to the likes of like Jamal McGlure. Uh, you know, it's he's he's a multi-time All-Star. Uh, I don't I don't know how much of the All-Star uh, Saturday, Sunday night stuff you saw. You know, he did a great job in the in the uh, Skills Challenge, Skills Competition, knocking off Robert Covington and uh, and Chris Paul. Uh, you know, he got screwed in the final against Sabonis because they let Sabonis continue playing on the left side. Uh, while Vooch got shifted from the left side to the right side. So that kind of threw him off. And then Vooch's kind of high three-point shooting arc uh, style doesn't doesn't help him in an event like this. It's been awesome for this season, numbers-wise, in, in real basketball games. For, but for this specific event, having a high arching three-pointer just did not help him out. Um, and the All-Star game, you know, he – Vooch kind of got off to a slow start with the th- with the three pointers that weren't dropping for him. He really needed like an easy bucket or two to get going. Um, he should have started when Embiid and Simmons were both out, you know, due to COVID protocols. He should have started, but instead Zion started. But whatever, Zion missed like a whole bunch of dunks and clearly was super nervous. So that was his punishment, I guess. But you know, Vooch ended up getting like a nice steal and a dunk, and then he he hit a three pointer and. That's all you need from from a night like that if you're a center. But any thoughts on any of the all-star stuff or Vooch being a two-time all-star? I mean, he's not on the trading block before a trade deadline for the first time in like five years. So I consider that a big accomplishment as well. I think, well, his game does not uh, really represent perfectly in an all-star game format. So we don't anticipate a much better showing than what he got. Um, I think you're right. I think in addition to the well-deserved recognition from the coaches uh, and the league in terms of making the team, uh, I think it was also good that you could really kind of uh, understand the reverence there is for him amongst other players and players on opposing teams, uh, him getting to participate in the weekend and in the 
skills challenge and then also the fun uh, little anecdote, I guess, uh, on JJ Reddick's podcast where he goes, you know, I made my first all-star team when my wife, uh, you know, when I had my first child and I had my second child this year and made the all-star team. So uh, evidently we need a lot more mini Vooches running around. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. And Vooch is a funny guy. I'm glad he gets to kind of show that sometimes on the, on podcasts like, uh, like Reddit's old man in the three, which was a very good episode uh, for the Vooch content anyway. And um, yeah, I, I'm really happy for him. And look, he's 30 years old. He's in the prime of his career right now. And the good news is, is again, because he doesn't depend a lot on his athleticism, he could be really good for another three to four years. That's not out of the question. So, you know, that's why he's not up for, for grabs here in the trade deadline. And so, you know, congrats to Vooch. Uh, you know, it, it sucks from an all-star game perspective that the Elam ending was so good last year, but it didn't come into, into a big effect in, in this game, which, I mean, they're, they're, that, that whole su- Sunday night thing went way too long and the dunk contest was awful. And, of course, they changed the judging rules and stuff after Aaron Gordon gets screwed the second time out of the dunk contest. But we'll, we'll, fig- you know, we'll, we'll leave that aside. You know, Cassius Stanley got screwed in the dunk contest judging. But that whole, that whole night was way too long with, so with just how, how, how much stuff was going on. I think there was like three concerts that were going on in between all that. And, you know, they need to find a way to make this more of a day occasion. Cause I mean, I remember, you know, when McGrady was in all-star games, like those weren't at night. I don't think those were like 4 PM, 6 PM type night type game, you know, games. And I think when you're in a situation where you're fighting for ratings, you, you, you need as many kids out there to actually watch the, watch the game, watch those type of festivities. I don't know if you got any other feedback, if you want me to move on. Yeah, I think that's for ratings purposes. I think it's always tough balancing uh, the West Coast versus, you know, the majority of the country that watches on East Coast time. But the, yeah, it was interesting to condense everything into one night. I certainly wouldn't do that again, but it would also be nice moving forward if there wasn't if it wasn't so long and drawn out, even though I guess that has to be for advertising purposes. Yeah. And I mean, at least they, they, they were there to at least promote the, you know, historically black colleges and universities that that, that was cool. I like that stuff. Uh, but, you know, I, I would like it to go away from the, you know, LeBron versus Durant type formats and go back to either East versus West, or I doubt you can do us versus world. Cause there's just, most of these all-stars are from the U S but um, you know, East versus West would be cool again. So anyway, all right. Uh, we're going to talk Lakeland magic real quick. Cause they were the sixth seed going into the playoffs and, you know, they've, they've been doing all, you know, the, the G league has been running everything through the Disney world bubble here in Orlando or here in central Florida, but you know, the six seed Lakeland, Lakeland magic beat Delaware in the finals to win. It's, you know, the first championship uh, Devin Kennedy was the finals MVP. So maybe we might see some Devin Kennedy here. Uh, towards the end of the Magic season, you know, Kareem Mane, you know, Kareem Mane, he's an awesome, de- you know, defensively, uh, offensively, he's got a long way to go. That's what hopefully summer league and maybe like a training, a good training camp or two will, will help with that. But uh, shout out to Stan Heath. He won, you know, G League coach of the year. Unfortunately, Anthony Parker did not win executive of the year. That went to the guy from the Toronto 905. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, whatever, who, you know, we got the trophy, so that's all that matters. But 
Uh, you know, Kareem Mane, he is back with the Magic currently, and uh, you know, at least he's getting some good reps pra- practice wise with with the team. And if if that kid gets any type of offensive game developed, I he's he's going to be around for a long time, I think. But any thoughts on Lakeland? Uh, you know, I caught, I was able to catch the tail end of it. I didn't watch the whole game. I caught the fourth quarter in the celebration, and it was a nicely well, well put to you know together uh, tournament and. Um, Hey, it's it's nice to see. You know, we went from the Erie Bayhawks to you know a couple of years ago moving the team uh, from Pennsylvania all the way down here to Lakeland. Glad Erie, the Erie Bayhawks ended up re, you know rebranding itself and and keeping their team in, in Erie at least. But um, you know, from a Lakeland perspective, from an Orlando perspective, it just makes sense that your G League team is literally you know down the road. Uh, in this case, I four. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's really good to see this. We're, we've seen some Magic players benefit from time in the G League. Uh, Kim Birch, uh, Jonathan Isaac, uh, you know, Chumo Kiki didn't actually play, but he practiced there. And, you know, we're, the G League team basically runs similar offensive and defensive schemes as, you know, Steve Clifford's Magic team does. And hopefully we start seeing some more development, kind of like how the 905 has now all, all these current Raptor players that came from, you know, the G League team into the Raptor squad. You know, they had Pascal Siakam, they have Fred Van Vliet. I mean, they have a whole bunch of guys that came from the G League. I can see a situation where the Magic hopefully can get a few guys from there. I don't know what your thoughts are, but congrats to Lakeland. Yeah, I'm going to eat crow because I think that uh, originally I, I was not super high on Stan Heath as a, you know, wasn't very a very inspired head coaching hire, but uh, clearly, you know, not just this year winning the championship, but last year the competitive nature of the team that, uh, the coaching staff's doing something right. And I also think the front office has been uh, uh, doing a great job for the for the minor league club. And again, to your point, the, the championship is nice, but the next thing is going to be true development of players that come and, and make an impact in Orlando. So I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing that and seeing that sometime soon. Okay, so a few other notes since we last uh, recorded a podcast. The Magic Wave, Frank Mason III, when uh, we got back home from that big West Coast road trip. We signed Jason Randall, who was a former Magic killer with the Wizards. He's also EuroLeague champ. I think he was, he was actually on Luka Doncic's uh, Real Madrid team. But uh, I think Randall's been a downgrade for Mason for the most part. And look, because of all the injuries that we've had, you know, especially with Michael Carter Williams in and out, uh, you know, Randall has not been that great either as a backup or a starter. Uh, disagree, agree, Penny? I'm I'm kind of surprised you're saying that. And I would, if anybody's listening to this, please tweet at me and let me know if you think I'm crazy because I I feel like uh, I guess it's just weird to see a backup point guard actually hit a three ball. Uh, so. <laughs> I, to my eye, I mean, the talent on the floor is not great, but I, I feel like Jason Randall's been uh, professional and average. Uh, and to, to my eye, I was like, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind having him be the emergency, emergency, uh, you know, point guard for next season. I, I'm not a fan. I'd, I'd rather have, wait for Frank Mason the third to heal up from his groin injury and 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 have him come back next season. But you know, look, Randall, and we can talk about it now. I mean, the Magic broke that nine game losing streak by beating the team that was the best team in the NBA 
at least for the past like three weeks, the Brooklyn Nets, who I think had won 14 of their last 15 games. I think Randall got off to, you know, Randall got off to a really good start in the game. And I mean, that's probably his best magic game, magic game with us. Uh, you know, we go back to like the magic, it comes down to if right now with all the injuries, if they hit a bunch of threes, they're, they're in the game. If they don't, they have no chance. You know, the magic hit 21 threes in that Brooklyn game, Aaron Gordon scored 38 points. Shot was falling for him. Fournier, very efficient, 31 points. Both those guys are in train rumors as we're going to get to them here in a second, you know, and then they have, we're recording this just before the magic play at Denver here on a, on a Tuesday evening. But uh, so the last game that the magic played, we, we lost at Boston. That was a situation where Boston hit a ton of threes. The magic couldn't hit much. And, you know, uh, T Ross was sitting out for that game and Mo Bamba's out again. Uh, he's got a left hamstring in- issue and a big right toe issue. So he just can't, he just can't stay on the floor. Even when we are giving him minutes, you know, in the first quarter, or, or, you know, giving him Kem Birch's backup center minutes anyway. But, uh, you know, a few other notes and, you know, Cole Anthony, he's still out right now. You know, he initially got diagnosed with like a right shoulder sprain uh, in, in that game at Portland where Ennis Cantor was, uh, was challenging a shot. But then we found out later uh, that he actually has a fractured right rib. And some people think we won't see Cole Anthony uh, till next season. I think we'll actually see him in April. He's already out of the sling. Uh, you know, it's a shitty, you know, any rib injury is, is a shitty injury to deal with, but especially this one where, uh, it, where the rib a fracture actually occurred on him. Um, it's, it's a kind of an awkward, it's a really awkward spot in general, but it was a little weird that Cole Anthony shared the fractured right rib news uh, first on his Twitch stream. And then the next day, the magic actually announced it. So I found that a little weird. You think, uh, Penny, when do you think we see Cole again? I, I would not anticipate seeing him for a while and uh, certainly not a medical professional in the least. But my my understanding of that injury is that it takes substantially longer to heal than other ribs like the placement of it yeah so i you know based on the track record of the magic front office and especially young players returning from injury and nagging injury i i it benefits us let's be honest right to have him return later than sooner i mean if if you want us to to lose yeah but i think from a development perspective i think he needs the reps. He needs as many reps as he can. Obviously, if you know if he's not 100%, don't throw him out there. But once he's healthy, throw him out there, and you know the the winning and the losing will, will take care of itself. Especially since we don't know uh, who the Magic are going to get back in uh, in trades, and we don't know who's going out. But uh, speaking of trades, I I have this theory that we are showcasing Al Farouk Aminu for a trade because this summer he has a player option. Uh, you know, for, for the last season of his contract as these first two seasons for him have been not great. Either Can you imagine him not opting in after the last two years? I mean, he has to opt in. It's, it, it's, he's getting $10 million next season. You yeah. know, it's for the mid-level except it's 10 million. I, I, I'm, I can't imagine any team is going to give him one, a long-term contract and two, one nearly as much as that money that that, that would be offered. But uh, he's, he's not looked great for me. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's going to take time to get back from, 
from any type of leg injury, as we'll probably as we'll find out next season with both uh, Jonathan Isaac and, and Mark Elfoltz. But uh, you know, with Amino, it's he's moving around fine. He's defending fairly well. Like he's doing kind of those small defensive type rebound plays that you know he was showing a little bit last season. But he still can't really finish at the rim. Uh, he his shot's not there. Maybe he needs time, but that's that that's a pretty bad uh, mid-level exception signing. Like I, I can't think of a, a signing that's been that bad for the Magic since like Channing Fry, basically. But um, <laughs> I, I was gonna say I this the circumstance is a little bit different, but I think that the reason for signing both of those guys, Channing Fry and Al Farouk Aminu, was the surprising veteran stabilizing presence to push the team to the next level and. Yeah, two spectacular fails in that regard. Yeah, I I personally think there's no reason Chumo Kiki should not be starting. Like, he, he should be starting. He's not on a minute restriction anymore. And, look, the only reason Aminu is starting is tanking purposes. That's the only reason I'm accepting that. Either that or you're, you're trying to get Chief traded. But if he's still on – if Aminu's still on the team, you know, after the Thursday trade deadline, then, uh, you know, Okiki should be starting. And it's funny because both those guys are going to be on the Nigeria national team, possibly come the Olympics in the summer. But anyway, uh, what what you got to say about uh, about that, Penny? Yeah, I mean, I think the only other thing is somebody in the Magic front office is trying to suppress the Chumo Kiki rookie moment value on NBA Top Shot. Right? That's the only other logical <laughs> explanation. We're gonna do a Top Shot episode. Probably right. in the off season, like we're going to okay. get to that. Cause I mean, I've, I did interviews on a couple of pods and yeah, I, it's celebrity. I mean, you're always a celebrity, but your national profile is raised now. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, and especially when the San Francisco Chronicles calling you to do interviews on top shot. Yeah, I guess so. But um, we'll, we'll see how, hopefully, hopefully by the time we get to the off season uh, top shot, uh, the top shot market will be, uh, on the up and up and not on the down and down that we're seeing it right now. But uh, okay. I, I have a, uh, a, a quick one, one time uh, juice it or lose it penny uh, for you. Okay. All right. All right. Juice it or lose it. Neither Mo Bamba or Kim Birch are going to be on this magic roster come October. So both of the, so juice it or lose it. Uh, Mo Bamba and Kim Birch are not going to be on the magic roster come October. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. I'm still going to say lose it. I think that Mo's going to hang around. Yeah. One of them will be here. I think Kim's gone by Thursday uh, trade deadline. He's, he's an elite screen setter. Like don't worry about the shooting, even though he's gotten better at the shooting. If you leave him wide open for a corner three pointer, like he's, he's getting better at that, but uh, you know, he's, he's such a great screen setter and, you know, I, I think Kim would be amazing on a team like Denver and even Boston that just needs like a really good second or third uh, level set type of center that can do what he can do. And, you know, I, I love Kim. Kim's my guy. Uh, you know, his significant other is a Greek woman. So I, I'm always going to love him for that. And both, and also being an Olympia coast player, but uh, you know, I, it, it might be time for him to go, but even if he goes, I don't see like unless Mo Bombo start starts getting it together this these last two months of the regular season, I I I can easily see him being shipped out in a trade 
um, you know, before next season starts, but we'll, we'll see, you know, there's, there's still time with Mo. Um, he's going to be under contract next season and there's, there's time with him. From a, from a Ken Birch perspective, I think if he wants to go that he, you know, the work ethic and the improvement and everything, I think he's earned the right to finish this year on a contender. And, and I think he's capable of contributing in that backup role for, uh, you know, a number of teams from a magic perspective, what's, what's fair value to move chem? Is it just a, is it just a second round pick? Is it better than nothing? That's, I mean, maybe a player near his $3 million salary um, that you, I think, I think you can extract the young guy, you know, to, even though Kem's going to be a free agent, I think there's a way to extract a guy that's going to be expiring, you know, either, th- you know, this season and you want to give him like a run to see if you want to throw him a contract uh, in the summer or next season, knowing that there's going to be teams that, you know, wh- whichever team this guy, would, this young player would come from, you know, they, maybe they just don't want to offer him an uh, extension in the summer or something, but you're right. It's, if you do, if you just trade Kim straight up, it's going to be just a second round pick coming. That's why he's going to be involved in one of these, you know, Aaron Gordon or Evan Fournier type packages, I think either to make the money work or just, you know, he's, he's, he's a very valuable big man. He's not just, you know, a Gary Clark Clark throw in at this point. Like he's very, he's very valuable for, for a rental here for the rest of the season. Uh, Anyway, so quick, you know, one of the things that's going in favor of the magic tank right now is this second half of the season is brutal. The magic have the toughest schedule in the league uh, or the third toughest schedule in the league. Some, you know, it's either first, second or third toughest schedule in the league, depending on where you look. And either way it's, it's just primed for just tanking because the, you know, the magic, they still got injuries depending on who they ship out and bring back in. They'll probably be temporarily worse uh, after the deadline, uh, you know, for for at least these next two months and we'll see how that goes but i mean just again we're we're recording this uh you know before the magic take on denver here at home uh they got a little bit of a homestand going we got denver here uh we play phoenix tomorrow wednesday night uh and then the trade deadlines thursday and then friday portland comes to town so hey portland you're coming to town friday let's let's talk trade here you know you you guys won't have uh have too much uh, locker room movement involved with that. Uh, you know, if we're playing them on Friday, but I, before we get into the actual specific trade rumor stuff, I, I do want you to want to point out that this is a seller's market. There's so few sellers that the magic are near are basically the cream of the crop when it comes to talent that's being offered, because so many teams are in that race to make the play in. I mean, if you're, you know, you need to be the, you know, a top 10 seed to make the playoffs or be in the plane. And so you have all these teams that are competing or thinking about competing. I mean, if I go through the standings real quick and there's all these teams that either can improve or want to improve. And there's so few sell, you know, sellers, you look at the bottom, you got Detroit, the worst record in, in the East. Uh, the magic are just two games above them. You know, we're 14th in the East. Uh, we're five games uh, back of 10th seed Indiana, you know, 11 through 13, you got Toronto, Cleveland, and, and the Wizards. Toronto, they might be sellers. Uh, you know, they've, you know, Pascal Siakam, I think, got fined again for yelling at Nick Nurse. So, I mean, they're, you know, you spend a little bit of time in Florida, you start picking up bad, bad habits, I guess. But, 
You know, you got the Cavaliers that are young, but they they look like they actually want to want to win. You got the Wizards who have to try and win because they've got to keep Bradley Beal happy. And then, you know, out of Indiana, Chicago, Boston, New York, you got the six seed Charlotte Hornets. None of those teams are selling. All of them are trying to win and trying to get up into that six spot, basically. And then going to the West real quick. I mean, the the Minnesota Timberwolves have the worst record in the league, but they actually have a good head coach in place. And they actually want to win, it seems like, because they have interest in Aaron Gordon. They want to keep Carl Anthony Towns happy. And it looks like they actually want to win. Uh, I mean, they're 11 and a half games out of out of you know away from from reaching the Memphis Grizzlies who are the 10th seed in the west but it doesn't seem like they want to lose keep losing yeah Houston that finally won a game last night to break their 20 game losing streak they're they're looking to dump guys like Oladipo so they're a seller but then you got you know 11 through 13 you got OKC who's 11th somehow they have they're the they're the 11th seed they're only two and a half games out of the play in they have every draft pick in the world and they don't uh, and they may have to have, they, they may still ship out guys like Al Horford or George Hill. So, I mean, OKC wants to suck and they're, they're hanging in there because Shea Gilgis Alexander and, you know, Lou Dort are really good. You got the Pelicans and the Kings who they want to win. They don't want to tank. Um, and then, go, you know, going nine, eight, seven, you got Golden State, Dallas and the Spurs. They all want to get better. None of them are tanking. So there's only like, four maybe five teams selling if you throw in the magic in there and so this is a seller's market you know despite this summer's nba draft coming in being supposedly one of the best classes in a long time especially in the top five i mean this is a very hype draft class and especially the top five uh this is a prime taking opportunity and i just want to point that out um but Quickly to some of the magic trade rumor stuff. Well, not quickly. We're getting to the magic trade rumor stuff now. Uh, the magic, they have two injury exceptions, uh, 6.1 million and 3.7 million are the injury exceptions. Both of those are, are available until April 19th. You know, they got those because of the Fultz and Isaac injuries. Uh, we don't have any roster spots available right now. And we're pushing up close to the luxury tax. Like we're um, like a million, a million or two away from the luxury ta- tax, but uh, that's going to probably change after, after this, uh, this trade deadline passes, but you know, the, the rumors are, are running rampant. You got Aaron Gordon who might get traded this week simply. And this was before, you know, the, he, he I guess, formally requested a, a trade, uh, out of here, which that got leaked a couple of days ago, but apparently in last month here in February, uh, Aaron requested to be traded at, from Orlando. So that was a report from the athletic. Um, but I was surprised that Aaron actually played, uh, has been playing, uh, this quickly. Cause you know, the left ankle sprain was really bad that happened in January and people go, well, can you really miss eight weeks with a bad ankle sprain? I mean, yes, you can. It, 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 it was really, really bad. The, what happened to him in Toronto, uh, or against Toronto, what happened to him in Tampa, uh, you know, against the Raptors. But, uh, you know, Penny, were you surprised that AG came back as soon as he did? Because I honestly thought he, we wouldn't see him till after the trade deadline, either in a Magic jersey or not in a Magic jersey. Yeah, I, I figured that would be the case both for his sake and for the team's sake. And I will say, too, I, I guess it's disappointing. I, I guess we can say now that it officially didn't work out with uh, Aaron Gordon in Orlando, but uh, – 
I, I think there's something to be said for the professionalism of both him and, you know, with his uh, representation in terms of that uh, request for being traded, not getting leaked until presumably, uh, let's say, probably other teams put that out into the forefront. Yeah, and then you got Evan Fournier, whose agent supposedly has told the uh, Weldham, the Magic front office, that Evan won't resign with the Magic this summer, which shouldn't surprise any Magic fan. Uh, you know, most a lot of Magic fans don't want him back either. But uh, that that became big news uh, here today, apparently. Uh, and then Fournier on Twitter is like, I never requested a trade or I never said that I was not going to resign with the Magic. Well, we know you didn't, Evan, but your agent did. So that's that's fine. But I mean, at the moment, as we speak right now, both Aaron and Evan seem likely to be going to the Boston Celtics by the end of the week. Uh, there's. There's a lot of flexibility between if, if that is really true and what the package would be. The rumor is a guy like Marcus Smart plus a young uh, Boston talent like Aaron Neesmith, which would make Jeff Turner happy because that's a Vanderbilt guy, plus two first-round picks. Hopefully one of those is their 2021 pick, which, I mean, right now that's that's in the teens right now, so that's actually not looking terrible uh, as we speak, but – uh, that would basically be the package. I would personally want Taco Fallback because we are UCF Knights and we love Taco. And hey, we could use a backup center if uh, both Ken Birch and uh, and Mobamba are gone by by next season. But what are what are your thoughts on I guess the rumored packages? I mean, do you think both Aaron and Evan are both gone by Thursday? Because I think they are. Um, I I think at this point yes, and I wouldn't have thought that uh, a week ago. Um, I will say, I'm going to say three things, I think. The first is that I'm a, I'm a surprisingly, gigantically huge fan of the reported uh, Boston deal. I, I think to get back a young player and picks and uh, a veteran, you know, I, he's a fucking dog. Like, there's no other way to describe <laughs> Marcus Smart and um, whatever shooting inconsistency is nothing new here. And also he's one of those guys, I think kind of in the same way that like Rajon Rondo, right? Like the percentages are crappy, but when there's a three on the line, like for the game on the line or something, it, it tends to go down. Um, so that's nice. Um, I, I also think it's been interesting that we've been kind of toying around and projecting trades for Aaron Gordon and trades for Evan Fournier. And now it seems like there's a, some momentum that they could get moved together. I think it's important to note that the likelihood of a trade getting completed that's, you know, the exact parameters of what's already been leaked, I think, tends to be lower, right? So we probably shouldn't get excited about some of the specific packages that we're seeing because it probably won't end up doing that. But from you, in your perception... How pissed do you think Aaron Gordon would be if he got traded and Evan Fournier came with him? Um, that's a good question. I've still got to watch this fucker pull up <laughs> off the dribble. Like, here's the thing: if he's gonna be mad, at least both uh, Tatum and Jalen Brown are gonna be mad with him. At least so. And <laughs> I, and, and look. And you're right; there are variations of the trade. I mean, we might end up with Tristan Thompson's contract instead of you know instead of market Marcus smart which that would be even worse in my mind but uh you know 
smart. It's interesting because there's an alternate timeline where if you go back to the 2013 draft, if Marcus smart comes out early and puts his name in the draft, the magic actually draft him instead of Victor Oladipo, whether we get the first pick or the second pick, which we ended up getting to when we got Oladipo, which, I mean, that ends up being a pretty good pick in hindsight anyway. Um, you know, that was obviously the draft too, where, uh, you know, Giannis Dedekumbo went, I think 17th or 15th, I think it was 15th, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, it's always funny how you have these alternate timelines. Like if Porzingis comes out a year early, like the magic draft Porzingis, instead they have to get Mario Hazonia, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff like that. That's, that's weird. Um, but, oh man. Or actually, no, that was the same draft. Maybe I was thinking Isaac. But anyway, they're, they're, it's fun thinking about all these alternate timelines. But Marcus Smart, I, I, the only ma- former Magic player I can equate him to is actually Daryl Armstrong. And it's it's not even the same thing because Daryl's six foot and Marcus Smart's taller. And they're completely different body types. And Daryl probably doesn't bark and, and yell as much as Marcus Smart does either. But it's a similar type of play. I guess maybe Michael Carter-Williams kind of, but, I mean, MCW is 6'6". I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a larger dude. And I, I don't know, man. Like, would Marcus Smart actually be happy coming here to Orlando? Because, no. look, if the Magic, Magic want to tank, they're going to tell Marcus Smart, hey, man, just take 30 shots a game for these next two months and we'll, we'll lose games. It's, it's fine because as much improved as Smart is, has been as a shooter – I, I think Aaron, I mean, Aaron Gordon is a better shooter than him and not just this season, but overall, I think, you know, Aaron's gotten his three point percentage over 40%. His catch and shoot three point percentage is almost 50%, which is just absurd. But um, that's why it's just funny seeing Celtics fans being mad that they're going to lose smart. And I'm just like, you're, you're getting a pretty good deal. And it's like, you love the trade the, the, the you know, the potentially rumored trade. I don't like, I think, but that's because AG has never been used the way he should be used. I've always said he should be like, you know, a Sean Marion 2.0 where he's doing all the dirty work. He's cutting to the hole a ton and he's knocking down open threes. The problem is the magic have never had two stud all, you know, offensive weapons. They've only had one great, you know, good to great one and Nicole and Nick Vucevic. And, you know, the bot with Boston, they've got, not just Tatum and Brown, they still got Kimball Walker if he's healthy. So AG is like the fourth scoring option on the floor and the fifth scoring option. Maybe if you throw in a guy like Evan Fournier, like if from a playoff perspective, and this wouldn't be a starting lineup, but there's could be stretches and you could see like a closing lineup where they have Kimball Walker, uh, Evan Fournier, uh, 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 Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and Aaron Gordon to close. Like that's a really good fucking lineup. I don't know if that's good enough to beat, you know, Embiid and Simmons with the Sixers or Brooklyn's big three of, you know, Harden, Kyrie and Durant, but you're there. You're, you're in there. Like I, it's a lot better than where Boston is now. Boston's under 500 or at 500, you know, it's, they, they have to do something this Boston. I mean, there's a lot of teams that have to do something in my mind. And that's why I still think the magic could, could do better for a guy like Aaron, but also selfishly, I wanted to keep Aaron until the summer when you can maybe go get a guy like Bradley bill, but then you run into the situation where Aaron's then, then in the final season of his contract. So, I mean, you see Fournier right now, he's got two months left on his contract. And I, I was very unhappy that Walton didn't trade him at least at the start of the year or last season. And now we're at the situation where if you just trade Fournier, you're maybe getting like a late first round pick for him. Maybe if that, and 
you know, I, we can bitch and moan about, about Wilhelm all day about, about waiting too long in, in this situation. But at the end of it, it's going to turn out to be like a Tobias Harris or a Victor Oladipo situation where you kind of, I mean, or at least, especially in Victor Oladipo's case, you know, with Oladipo, we, we said, look, Fournier is a better player than Oladipo. He's going to be cheaper than Oladipo. So we're going to side with Evan. We're going to trade, trade, uh, trade Javik. But the problem is we traded him and the pick that ended up being DeMontis Sabonis for Serge Ibaka. And we were asking Serge Ibaka to become a scorer when he's not a scorer. He's, he should be a third, fourth guy, just like Aaron in Boston, you know, as long as he's doing what the coaches want him to do is going to be amazing in Boston. I have zero doubt that Aaron and Evan on, on a self on that Celtics team are going to do great. I think, but I was doing a lot of rambling, but you know, the, the, the trade, I, I would like Aaron Neesmith back out of, out of those young guys from Boston. I don't know if there's another Boston young guy that you would prefer. I mean, Pritchard's out there, uh, Williams maybe, but um, you know, Romeo Langford doesn't intrigue me much. Uh, but you know, the two first round picks, it's like, if I'm not, I better begin their 20 21 pick. I better begin that Boston 21, 21 pick so that it's around, I guess it'll end up being around pick 20, you know, assuming that Boston starts moving up the standings, you know, after, you know, shortly after this trade and, you know, they finish maybe fifth in the East or fourth in the East. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I can talk about what I wanted, but, and we'll, you know, we'll, we will talk about what I wanted. I don't know if you had any trade stuff yourself, but I, I'm not, I'm not super enthused with this. And a lot of it's just, I, I know Aaron can be really, really great for a team. I really do. And unfortunately that's just not going to happen here. So, and I always said, I'd like him to be here. He does awesome stuff in the community. Like I, uh, I'm, I, I'm not even factoring the basketball stuff, you know, with all the, Char- charitable donations he's done to for children and getting them into STEM and whatnot. Like it's, it's great. But I mean, on the court, Aaron is never going to realize his potential here. Just like Oladipo had to leave here, spend, you know, a rough year in OKC. And then like this is set, you know, that second year in OKC a little bit, like he started figuring out and then he became an all-star in Indiana. But yeah, it's, it's one of those where, I know Aaron's going to be really good and it just sucks that he's going to have to go, but you have to do it. But I, I, I still wanted to see a way to get Aaron, uh, you know, ship him out for a guy that could potentially be, you know, a, a, a great young starting wing and look, Marcus smart. He's going to, he could be really good. Like there's some intrigue, but you know, assuming let's say Fultz misses like a couple of months, at the start of next season, you know, Cole Anthony, not necessarily a great defender. You put Marcus smart right next to him. He covers up a lot of ground in in the backcourt and he's got that kind of Daryl Armstrong, Michael Carter Williams motor where, you know, he's, he is a dog. He's, he's, you know, he's one of those guys where you hate to go up against him and you hate to see him, but if he's on your team, you're probably going to love him. Uh, But I'm just worried that, at 20, he's, he's kind of an old 27 in my mind with some of the injuries creeping up. And I just hope there's a, it's a, it doesn't become a situation where his body breaks down uh, earlier than we think. But I, I don't know. You, you can, out, out of the rumored stuff that's out there, like I, I do like this Boston trade more than like what Houston is potentially offering. You know, the Rockets want to give us like Ola Depot's uh, contract, you know, expiring contract and, and like a couple picks. But 
I, I don't, I don't know what those picks would be. And I don't know if that makes sense for the magic. Um, you know, if, if I could get a lottery pick that guarantees me another opportunity to get the number one pick and get Kate, you know, Kate Cunningham, then I'm open to it, but, um, I'm still waiting to see if we can coax maybe like a late push from like a Denver or Portland because AG would be perfect on like seven or eight teams out there. And uh, I, I'm intrigued by, by some of the young guys that Denver has, you know, Denver, I love RJ Hampton, Portland. I'm curious about Anthony Simons or Nasir Little or, uh, or even uh, an expiring Gary Trent Jr. Like I'm, I'm intrigued by that, but it honestly wouldn't shock me if we see four, four or more like magic players shipped out of, out of here by, by Thursday. I'd be surprised if it's, if it's less than four players, but I did a lot of rambling there. I don't know if you had any retorts to some of the stuff I said there. Well, I think to your point, to a, to a lesser extent, Evan Fournier, but certainly for Aaron Gordon, that there's no question that wherever they go next, they will look a lot better and play a lot better than they did in Orlando. And as we've talked about a thousand times over, that's a byproduct of the lack of uh, surrounding talent and lack of ability to put them in, um, you know, the the role that they need to be put in to, to succeed um, at the highest level. So that's, that's for sure disappointing. And, uh, you know, when Magic fans are looking at box scores or looking at the sports center highlights or whatever else, uh, I don't think that'll soften the blow, but that's just going to be what it's going to be. And for Evan Fournier, I think it's important to get something. But for Aaron Gordon, I think it's important that we need to address the long-term future of the shooting guard position. And, uh, you know, even if it's a Marcus Smart deal, that's not that answer. That's a stopgap. That's a three guard rotation guard. Um, so if it's not going to be the player coming back, then it needs to be assets that we can continue to, to uh, roll over. Or, you know, if, if, if our answer is not going to be in the draft, then we need to use our draft pick that's hopefully top three and whatever assets are incoming, maybe another, you know, draft pick in the tens or teens or whatever and package that together to, to really answer that, that two spot for the, for next season and, and for the future. Yeah. I mean, we, we need that alpha score and obviously smart, smart's not the guy to do that. He may want to do that and that might turn into bad news quickly there, but uh, again, it's, it's either gotta be Cade Cunningham. It's either gotta be take that top, you know, take that lottery pick and take some other picks and take a few other of the, of the players that we got and go get a guy like Bradley Beal. I, you know, I don't know if you got a wish list or not. I don't know. It, Cause there, there was some other rumored stuff uh, out there. I mean, there was potentially, there was like a, a, a Spencer Dinwiddie trade with there where the magic could have uh, ended up with Dinwiddie in an Aaron Gordon trade, which kind of intrigued me, even though, because, because one Dinwiddie's out for the rest of the season, he's only, he's only 28. He's not young. He's not old. Uh, he, he's 28. Um, but as a potential backcourt partner with a guy like Fultz or a guy like uh, Cole Anthony, like I'm, I'm intrigued by that because I, we, you know, we know Spencer Dinwiddie can do a lot of scoring and, uh, I, I, I would have been intrigued to see that. I think the, the no way the salaries would have matched up though. So you would have had to gotten a third team involved. Um, any interest in Victor Oladipo, if, if like a Houston trade happens and they give us Oladipo, you keeping them or are we flipping them? The zero interest you. Uh, 
Uh, no, no interest. Although there's a large portion of Magic fans that want Vic, that want Vic. I'm I'm out. He wants to end up in Miami. He wants to be in Miami. Uh, maybe the Knicks will go trade for two months of Oladipo, and then he'll sign with uh, with Miami in the off season. But uh, I, I don't have interest in Vic. That ship sailed the moment we traded him out of here, and he's you know he, he had that. He suffered that awful quad injury over two years ago, and he's still not back and fully. Some of that's probably disinterest in Houston, but I, it's it, that ship sailed. I'm, I'm not I'm not into into having Vic here long time uh, long term. It's that's a quick flip situation. Um, Penny, did you have any? Uh, I have some trade viewpoints or some. I had some trade. I was playing around with the trade machine a little bit, but. Uh, did you have anything specific, like a, a trade that you, either that's been rumored or that you kind of want the magic to pull here at the deadline? Or is that smart trade that you see actually looking pretty good to you? I, I honestly have not played around. The, the smart trade to me is the most appealing all the, of all the trades. So mm-hmm. Uh, to you know, if we could do some sort of package like that, I, I think that's probably about where it'll top out. Okay, so here, let's do this. So let's say the magic can either keep, uh, let's say the magic can either keep them or trade them or get rid of them, you know, but, you know before the trade deadline or in the off season. Okay, I want to like literally just go through the list. I'm not going to include Mane and Randall because they're two way guys and. I think Mane is actually going to be here with us long-term, but Randall, I mean, I think he's like 28 years old. I doubt we have him long-term, but, um, you know, Vucevic, you want him long-term? I'm assuming that's a yes. That's a yes. Uh, Birch or Bamba, you want either long-term? Don't don't care either way. Kem's my guy. If Kem's here long-term, I'm more than fine with that. Um, You know, it sucks that, you know, maybe he can develop a shot a little bit more, but, uh, you know, again, he's, he's about 28 years old. He, it's, it's tough to see him getting a whole lot better. Aminu. Uh, n- not long-term at all. Not, not even this year. Yeah, no, it's, he needs to be gone. We already said that. Uh, Okiki. What do we think of Chuma? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I, I think that's Chuma is going to be the perfect fourth like fourth option. He's going like, to, I think he, he could he, be he more. Would, I think he would work really well next to Isaac. Like he's going to be start. Like if all goes well, if, all, if this all goes well next season, you know, the magic are going to have their point guard, be it Fultz or Cole. I don't see that changing. And then you're going to have Vooch at center. And then if Isaac's ready to go, he's going to be in there. And I think Chuma's going to be a starter. I really do. Like it may, maybe, you know, maybe the magic make a, a signing that, that, do, that doesn't you know that you know they, they bring in a guy that's much more suitable to start at least initially but i mean chuma is the long-term solution chuma is the reason why i think you can trade Aaron at this point is because even though chuma is is passive right now and he's he's more about giving you know sharing the ball than actually taking shots like i've seen enough from from him shooting wise and defensive wise where i like him man i like it's I'm high on Chumo Kiki, both top shot wise and in real life. I'm high on Chumo Kiki. Yep. Uh, Gary Clark, he's gone, right? There's no chance. Like he's gone. That's it. Yep. Uh, Well, okay. Isaac. So let's have the talk now where if the magic were in a, uh, in a playoff run mode, let's say like 
Alex Barnes and the DeVos family call up Wildham and go, hey, we want to try and make the 10th seed. We want to try and make the play-in. I had two potential playoff run, you know, run moves now where that that might be possible. And I'm, I'm going after Bradley Beal. I know Bradley Beal says he didn't doesn't want to be traded until the summer, but let's say I go for him now. You know, the Wizards, the Magic are only – what are they? They're, they're a game and a half back of the Wizards right now. The Magic are 14th in the East. The Wizards are 13th. So this, this isn't absurd. But what if I said Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Evan Fournier's contract, our 2021 first, uh, first round pick, and let's say two first round pick swaps to D.C. for Bradley Beal and Ish Smith. I did in the trade machine. It works. What, what do you think in that situation? You doing that? Let's say, let's say we convince A.G. that – He's not that, hey, man, we're going to get better now because we're bringing Bradley Bill. Let's say we convince Aaron to stay, and instead it's Isaac that goes out. What do you think? That's a, that makes you ponder, doesn't it? Um, I, I think that the, the primary objective for the team is to find an alpha scorer. Now, Beal in Washington is that, and they're terrible. He leads the league in scoring, though. Does he move the needle? Is the rest of the Vucevic is better, but is the rest of the supporting cast? Is he the one that takes us over the top? I think so. Cause let's, cause let's think about it. Cause look, it's going to be, we're still keeping Fultz. We're still keeping Cole. You've, we've still got Chuma. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm assuming, you know, if we made AG happy, if we told AG, Hey, we're bringing Bradley bill and we keep AG. You know, they're starting and you got Vooch. So you have Vooch, AG, Chuma, uh, Beal, and Fultz. I think it's a lot better than what the Wizards have right now. I mean, Davis Bertans hasn't hasn't found his form quite quite much. Their defense is garbage as the Wizards. Like the Magic, that's a better defensive unit. Um, you know, I, I think the Magic are a way better team and they're definitely a playoff team. Now, the other thought move I had and this is an actual win now move and that people are going to scratch their heads why I would do this. But the other move I had was a trade with Denver where I'm shipping out Terrence Ross, James Ennis and Ken Birch to Denver for Gary Harris and RJ Hampton. And this is kind of a, I, a Gary Harris needs to change the scenery and RJ Hampton is going to be my, you know, is going to be in that mix for, for right now to be, you know, backup you know, guard at that point, but, or backup wing. But um, I, th- I think T Ross is on a slight decline at this point. And look, his value is high too. He's on a great contract and T Ross is, I mean, he'd be great on Denver. Denver needs to, needs to make a move because I don't see them being better than Utah. I don't see them being better than the Lakers if they get, you know, a healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis. So Denver's got to make some moves in my mind. And you, you got the guy that's maybe that's likely right now, the MVP favorite in Nikola Jokic. And you just got to make a move now, man. And I mean, have, have having Ross Ennis and Birch helps that team a ton. And you're only giving away an injured slash struggling Gary Harris at this point, which I think Gary Harris could find a shot in Orlando. I mean, if Dwayne Bacon can find a shot in Orlando, then Gary Harris can too. Um, and RJ Hampton, who I wanted the magic to pick in the draft. But I think if you do that, if you do those two things, the mad, this magic team could not, it could definitely one, make the play in this season. And two, 
probably win against whoever that seventh or eighth seed would be and get into the playoffs. That, that's my viewpoint. But I don't want us to go down that path. Let me be clear. I'm pro tank right now. That's this is my devil's advocate. Like Martins and DeVos want Weldham to, to go for it. And they're going to tell them, Hey, if you don't go and win, we're not giving you contract extensions in the summer. Cause again, there's only one more year left of Jeff, uh, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond and Steve Clifford right now, unless they get extended. So uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. The Wizards may want to say like, hey, we need like four first round draft picks, which at that point it's like, yeah, no, that's not happening because Beal's not happy. But uh, I don't know. What, what, are you, what are you thinking on some of this stuff? I, 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 the Denver idea I like, I don't think that would uh, significantly move the needle. I think that would be investing in player development again to get guys right. Um, Gary Harris has been, as you mentioned, abysmal. <laughs> Uh, for for what the last year and a half at least yeah he lost he's lost his shot over the past two years I don't know what happened but it's his shot's not there but yeah. I think he just needs a new uh, new new place of scenery all right so I'm going to give you my two trade wish list ideas to help the tank then let's do that because okay. I did want to throw out the devil's advocate portion because I mean, right now, Bleacher Report's throwing out trade rumors that the Magic want to trade Evan Fournier in a first-round pick to the Spurs for DeMar DeRozan, which that's not happening in a million years. And if it does, I, everybody needs to be fired. I, I'm just going to leave it at that. But Because that is a win-now move, especially if if you you know DeRozan is an upgrade in, over Fournier for sure in my eyes, but DeRozan's going to be a, a, a free agent this summer, you know, at 32 years old. It's like, come on, what are you doing? So, um but I got two trade wish lists for, or I got two trades on my wish list for for the tank. And look, I still I still maintain that Aaron Gordon should have be kept uh, until the summer. I think you, you there's some again. I, I I still think there's a way to go get Bradley Bill if you if you throw in Aaron Gordon, Mobamba, and picks in that regard. If you plan on keeping Isaac, or you can switch it around and you include Isaac instead of Aaron Gordon. But that's my viewpoint. But I got two tank trades here. So I have a Denver trade. It's Gary Harris and RJ Hampton coming back to the magic. But instead of Ross, I'm sending Fournier, Ennis, and Birch. It works under the cap. Fournier gets to go back to Denver. He loved Denver. Denver loved him. Ennis is a very good three-point shooter. He can play better defense than some of the guys on that Nugget team currently right now. And then you can Birch, who's an elite pick, set, you, know, you know, who sets elite screens and is a pretty good defensive backup center. Uh, and then the other uh, trade I have, whereas I'm, I'm sending Terrence Ross to Memphis. I'm sending Ross and Gary Clark's contract to Memphis for Desmond Bain and Justice Winslow. And Winslow's been a disaster in Memphis. He still has another year next year in his contract. But, I mean, as a backup off the bench, Winslow, it's not bad, honestly. And then Desmond Bain, he seems very promising. He's going to be good, but... If Memphis wants to wants to move up in the standings now, Terrence Ross is would help them immensely. And I mean, look, Memphis is the tenth seed right now, so they're barely holding on uh, to to the that playing spot at the moment. But um, you know, you 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 want to build around guys like uh, Morant and uh, and uh, Triple J. But I mean, they've got great youth to the Grizzlies. They got Melton, they got Brandon Clark, Tillman. They like they've got a lot of good youth that. I would be curious to see if maybe we could extract some of that for, for kind of a more win now approach with Memphis, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? And 
and, and just any of that stuff that I've said. I think the Memphis idea is very novel, and I would like that a lot. Of, Justice Winslow has been uh, more than a disaster. I think it's just been injury play. Yeah. So yeah. To, to take a flyer on, I, I agree that um, I, my personal opinion is that Terrence Ross is on the verge of wearing out his welcome in Orlando. Uh, and I don't think that's a popular opinion outside of maybe you or you I. and I. Yeah. <laughs> Between um, us two, I think that's a very popular opinion, but elsewhere people like the human torch, man, but I, I'm seeing it, man. And I mean, look, part of it too is when you you have the ultimate green light, you know, you're gonna take some bad some bad shots. But like, I, I'm not a big fan of his defense. But on a better on, on a better supporting cast like Memphis has at the moment, like that's that's pretty good. Like Ross is actually gonna get some open threes in that situation, and that's that's kind of scary. But uh, I, I just don't think it's going to work moving forward with T Ross, but I, I don't know any other thoughts. I, I cut, I cut you off there. I, I just think, I think that's a novel trade. Um, and I, that would, I hope that the, there are creative minds in our front office that are, that are exploring those types of opportunities because I think it's time to cash in the chips on, on some of those, you know, uh, our six man of the year does not necessarily clearly doesn't help us win. <laughs> so, no. uh, you know, I think it's time to, to shuffle the deck for sure. All right. Off the top of your head, how many players you think are going to get traded from the magic? Cause I'm thinking what Evan, uh, Aaron, Kim. So that's three right there. I mean, maybe Gary or Michael Carter Williams. I doubt Aminu. Um, let me see. Let me think who else. So I got three right there. Bacon, I doubt. And I actually like Dwayne as like a backup uh, moving forward. Not a guy that's starting, obviously, but as a let, magic backup. That there's going to be two deals done. Is that? Let, let's do this. I'll throw yeah. this. Okay. Uh, over under two, uh, 1.5 trades for the magic. I'm, I'm over. I'm definitely okay. over. And look, the, the thing to keep an eye on too is uh, don't expect a trade until Thursday morning at the earliest. If I see one before Thursday morning, it means that like the magic took like the Oladipo deal. And then we got to figure out where we're shipping Oladipo off to. Like I wouldn't expect, I mean, it's going to go up against the wire, but I'm expecting over two trades. I'm in, and I'm not saying, and I'm not even talking about like the same trade because the way the Boston thing works is they have, you know, that huge trade exception where I think it's the NBA's largest ever trade exception, I think, which they could even take Vooch's contract, but they'll use it to, to take in Fournier or Gordon's contract. And then we'll get picks from that, I guess. And then the other trade is going to be to even out the salaries, basically. I'm not factoring that in. I'm saying there's going to be two separate trades with, uh, with two separate teams, at least I, I'm saying that. What do you think? I, I agree. I think two trades and then over under 4.5 players from the magic traded. Oh, man. All right. So and we're not counting any rerouted players in that. No, no, no. Um, I'm going to go over cause you said 4.5. I did. All right. Who are we thinking here? All right. So I said Fournier. I think Ross gets shipped out. I actually think that's happening now. Um, there's, it's been very quiet on that end, but so Fournier, Ross, Aaron, Ennis. So that's four. Um, 
Birch five. Yeah, Bir- yeah. I'm going. I'm going over four and a half. What about you? I'm going to say uh, under. I think that there will be four players moved. I think you're going to get Gordon Fournier, uh, a minimum salary throw in, and Kemberch. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's it is it is kind of interesting seeing the national media have to talk about the magic because we have the best pieces up on the block right now. Uh, and again, some of them are not doing a great job. And I, what I it, had we recorded this pod a week ago, I would have just told magic fans like, just just relax, man, you're going to hear a lot of stuff that's just crap. But a lot of this does seem legitimate, like the Boston thing. I, I I don't know who leaks that out. Maybe the Magic leaked it out. Just say, hey, this this is what's out there. If you can beat it, come and do it. And I mean, it's as 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 intriguing as Marcus Smart is, and and that package, um, which you think it's very intriguing. I think it, I don't think it's that great because I think Aaron Gordon's gonna is gonna be amazing for them. But um, I I could I think that we're we're gonna be in for a surprise. And I, I I'm not gonna. BS and make any predictions, but um, I, I could easily see no players going to Boston and, you know, Aaron and Evan end up elsewhere. You know, Aaron could end up in like Golden State and Steve Kerr is like, let's go for the playoffs. But um, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. All right, Penny, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here? Did you fill out a bracket? Cause this is the first NCAA tournament. I haven't filled out a bracket in a long time. I don't think. I, I snuck one bracket in. Uh, I'll just say that I have Gonzaga winning it all finally. Um, and that I might work out. <laughs> I did not call any of the major upsets at all. So that, I'm excited to see what transpires between now and Thursday. And I'm equally excited to do the uh, uh, post-trade deadline podcast with you and, and uh, not have it be so long in between shows. All right. One, one quick college note. Uh, are you ready for the Magic to put Jason Priston in a in a Magic jersey? I did watch, I will say, I did watch the entirety of the Ohio game and I was happy for him uh, and surprised at like, I, I don't know if he's an NBA player, but he certainly was in total command during during that game. I don't know if you saw any of that big win that they had. That was that was real impressive. I uh, I'm happy for him. He's a Boone Brave like you and I both are. And uh, hey, man, if if he's not in, if he's not a first rounder, the Magic better use a second round pick on him. That's all I'm saying. You 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 messed up not taking Taco Fall. And if we do a, ta- a Boston Celtics trade, you better get Taco Fall back down here, man. But um, I'm happy for Preston. And yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, you know, we appreciate you listening to another episode. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Twi- uh, Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer. And I love that I screwed that up. But uh, and I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. With that, go Magic. Take care and just win. And by win, I mean tanks. Get out the way. Get out the way. Get out the way. Yeah. Yeah. Get out the way.